0: We hope that it will be the beginning of the end of the corruption of our democracy. Good luck with that. From Pacifica Radio's KPFK in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK, 90.7 FM in L.A., up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ in the Central Coast and 106.7 FM Queso in Cozy Cottage Grove, out in Pennsylvania on 93 FM WLRI in Lancaster, out in Hawaii on 88.5 FM KAKU, the voice of Maui. Up in Minneapolis, St. Paul, on AM 950, KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And coast to coast, and around the world. Streaming on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, Radio or Not, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Nashville, Detour Talk in East Tennessee, and yes, five days a week, blanketing planet Earth on Radio Sputnik. Glad you could join us for uh, what is clearly going to be another action-packed, thrilling adventure that we call The Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow from bradblog.com. We have a lot to cover today. This show is uh, changing uh, by the moment, even as we speak. We will see... What we actually get to by the time all is said and done. We've got breaking news on uh, uh, the settlement between the DOJ and Goldman Sachs. We've got news on the nominating contests over the weekend up in Wyoming for Democrats. And uh, out in Colorado for Republicans. And, uh, well, just a a whole hell of a lot going on uh, over the weekend and today. Uh, but we start in our nation's capital at the moment where protesters gathered in front of the U.S. Capitol building in Washington, D.C. on Monday to begin a days-long demonstration that they are calling Democracy Spring. Thousands have uh, uh, reportedly gathered there. And as of Monday afternoon, just before we go to air here, uh, well, hundreds have been uh, arrested over the past few hours, now our friend Cenk Uger. Of the Young Turks, uh, who was also on hand and protesting, and had announced in advance that he was willing and likely to be arrested, he has now in fact been arrested. Uh, your friend Desi Doyen, <laughs> uh, Cenk Huger, you you've been uh, guest yes. hosting for uh, quite many years on uh, on the Young Turks. Yes,
1: and uh, and I'm I, I have to say I'm really proud of Jenk getting up there and uh, and standing up and and saying what he believes in and getting arrested for it.
0: Well, uh, yeah, I guess. I guess we can be proud of him for, for, you know, standing up for what he believes in and and paying the price. They over the Young Turks, they have been great on this issue, Uh, at least one of the major issues that the Democracy Spring folks are are concerned about, which is money in politics. We're going to be going to a reporter or two there uh, in D.C. momentarily as soon as we can get him on the line. Uh, The group. Uh, which is using the hashtag DemocracySpring. They have also set up a website at democracyspring.org. They're calling for four specific small-d democratic reforms, as I understand it, in addition to overturning The Citizens United ruling that essentially legalized unlimited corporate campaign uh, contributions. Democracy Spring is also calling for a modernization of America's voter registration system, the creation of a public campaign financing system, the restoration of the Voting Rights Act provision that was gutted by the U.S. Supreme Court in 2013 that used to require jurisdictions with a history of racial discrimination at the ballot box receive pre-clearance from the DOJ or federal court before instituting new voting regulations. Well, scrapping those requirements has led directly to voter suppression laws around the country this year that we have been reporting on uh, all year long, including photo ID voting restrictions, which have disenfranchised untold thousands of legal voters, uh, the shortening of early voting period, restrictions on voter registration and much more. Uh, resulting in, by the way, uh, by way of just one example, those five-hour lines we saw a few weeks ago in Maricopa County, uh, Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona, just a few weeks ago. That was after the county had decreased their polling places to just 60, uh, an 80% reduction in the number of places to cast your vote in uh, in Phoenix, an 80% reduction from... Uh, the last time that there were two contested presidential primaries back in 2008. And so that re- reduction would have had to have received federal approval uh, by Prior to the gutting of the Voting Rights Act by the Supreme Court in 2013, that's just one of the uh, the issues being protested out there at the nation's capital today. And,
1: yeah, and to be clear, that is because of Maricopa County's previous history of passing laws that suppress the vote. So that's why this pre-clearance function was so important because they're passing laws. Those who would like to suppress the vote pass the laws so quickly, faster than the court system can keep up. So by gutting that pre-clearance, they actually made that that those long lines at the Arizona primary, very much in well, the they possible. did.
0: And that's an issue that has been coming up in uh, in state after state after state, where we've seen these long lines in North Carolina, in Texas, in Florida, places that would have had a lot of these changes reviewed uh, and and perhaps rejected, I should say probably rejected by the uh, Department of Justice and uh, uh, the federal courts, uh, which is exactly why Republicans wanted to do away with the Voting Rights Act. Uh, in, in, the mean, uh, in the meantime, out there in, uh, in in D.C. where they are now protesting all of this, thousands of protesters reportedly, uh, Cassandra Fairbanks uh, from Sputnik News, I hope we're going to talk to her uh, momentarily as well, uh, she said the crowd went absolutely wild when Kai Newkirk, who's one of the organizers of Democracy Spring, when he announced that they had already broke the record for the most arrests at, uh, at the U.S. Capitol. Uh, Kai Newkirk is the founder of the uh, of the 99 percent movement, one of the founders. The
1: 99 Rise movement is what they're
0: called. uh, 99rise.org, where the organizers now say they plan to continue holding days of protests at the nation's capital at least Uh, for the next week or so. Here's Kai Newkirk uh, speaking on RT, I believe. uh, Yes, this was an interview on
1: RT earlier. uh, Actually, it was a few days ago. They have been walking from Philadelphia. This is a protest that began at Independence Hall in Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. and they've walked to the nation's capital for the protest that took place on Monday. Here's Kai Newkirk.
0: We hope that it will be the beginning of the end of the corruption of our democracy. We're walking from Philadelphia, 140 miles to D.C., demanding that Congress take action to end the corruption of big money in politics and ensure free and fair elections that give us all an equal voice. Well, that would be nice. OK, as I say, moments before we go to air here, our old friend Jank uh, Uger of the Young Turks was arrested at these uh, at these protests. Joining us to tell us what the hell is going on out there at the nation's capital is uh, Jordan Cheriton. He is a political reporter right now for the Young Turks, and presumably he has not yet been arrested. Uh, Jordan Cheriton, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hey, how you doing, Brett? I'm doing okay. Uh, so, let's see. Uh, uh, Cenk was just uh, hauled away, our, our jailbird friend. <laughs>
2: yeah, he was one of the last to go. Uh, there was a couple hundred people uh, engaged in a sit-in right in front of the Capitol. Mm-hmm. And uh, it took about four hours to uh, rally, you know, gather them all up, put little uh, zip ties behind them, and haul them off to uh, jail.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: Cenk... Uh, was arrested, I'd say, about a half hour ago and uh, put into a prison bus. We don't know how long uh, he'll be there. He's uh, probably, like the rest of them, being processed still. Uh, and he uh, was standing out there strong, uh, mm-hmm. fighting, you know, very, not, very nonviolently and peacefully against the uh, corruption and uh, this revolving door we have no. between corporations, lobbyists, and, and our elected officials.
0: Now, he knew, he had said in advance that he was going to be arrested today, so, so I guess uh, there was no surprise there, uh, it, but they, they saved him for, for last for any particular reason? Well, I don't think the police did him
2: any favors. He just uh, was positioned mm-hmm. uh, right on the, standing on the steps of the Capitol, mm-hmm. whereas the people who got arrested first were uh, sitting, you know, in circles together um, right mm-hmm. in front of the Capitol. So the police rounded them up first Uh, There was a huge mix, a lot of young people, some older people, um, and Jenk was, uh, along with uh, Ryan from the Wolfpack and some other folks, they were standing on the Capitol stairs and brought brought into the police wagons last. It was really peaceful, uh, no incidents with uh, police and, you know, arrestees. Mm -hmm. And across from uh, where the arrested people were, there was a huge uh, gathering of non-arrested uh, folks who were chanting and, you know, marching about the same thing. Uh, people are tired of the money in and politics.
0: And, and for those people who don't know, uh, the Wolf Pack that uh, Jordan just referenced, that's a, a super pack that was actually formed, uh, I guess, by the, the Young Turks or with the Young Turks to uh, take on uh, the issue of money in politics and, and get corporate spending out of it. Is, is that uh, the best way to describe it, Jordan? That's it. Okay. Yeah,
2: there was a, a lot of members from the Wolfpack from uh, different states. Mm-hmm. There's actually, you know, for this march today, I met people from Seattle, uh, out west who came in just for this. I actually met someone uh, from abroad who came in for this. So, uh, you know, this, this is part of a, a broader uh, movement, as you know, uh, that's set up with the uh, corruption the money in politics. Uh, this started actually uh, from, with a march from Philadelphia mm-hmm. to D.C. I think it was uh, last week. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be activity here uh, for the next few days, actually. Uh, and uh, we're going to do it all over again
0: tomorrow. Well, that's what I understand, that these uh, protests are, are currently scheduled to go on for days uh, through, I think, April 11th or so. I- is this going to now happen every day? And do you have any idea, is Jenk is going to be uh, uh, arrested every single day and all of these other protesters, to your knowledge? Well, at the moment,
2: Jake's not answering my calls, (laughs) uh, so I can't tell you what he's going to do. But um, I do know that the other uh, protesters there is definitely plans for more arrests. Uh, Whether that will be repeat arrests, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But uh, there will definitely be uh, more protests and more peaceful marches for the next few days. Uh, You know, kind of, uh, we want to put the pressure on. We want to make some noise. And, um, you know, put the spotlight beyond just the uh, presidential campaign. Are,
0: are they planning, to your knowledge, an Occupy-style uh, camp out there overnight, or will they be returning each day to the Capitol?
2: Uh, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think there's plans to really have, you know, overnight uh, Occupy-style uh-huh. uh, protests. But they definitely, you know, part of, the, uh, part of the thing today was trying to raise awareness on social media and through other channels to get more people out here in the next few days. Today was definitely a good start. Uh, several hundred people, I'd say, got arrested, but uh, the protesters and those arrested uh, were definitely uh, communicating for more people to come out. But it's not. I don't see this, you know, being similar to Occupy in style in terms mm-hmm. of them sitting out overnight and really camping out.
0: The uh, I know the Young Turks has a lot of followers and a lot of them, as I understand, are participating in the demonstration today. Who Who are the groups uh, that you know of who are working to organize this? Uh, and, and would you consider the Young Turks as one of the organizers or are they just a, sort of a participant there? Uh,
2: yeah, I, I think it's more a uh, participant, but obviously Cenk uh, announcing it and promoting it, um, you know, definitely rallied more people. There was mm-hmm. a huge, huge legion of uh, qit fans out here mm-hmm. and there are also different groups who uh were organized here beforehand there was a lot of uh planning for the last few months for this week not just today but uh young turks i don't think is a formal sponsor or anything but definitely a participant and there was a lot of uh there was a lot of students out here there was a lot of um you know i actually met some veterans out here so mm-hmm. it was a real cross-section between young people older people and uh, a lot of them, you know, have been saying the same things you hear in the presidential campaign: buried in a hundred thousand dollars student loans. Um, you know, older people saying that you know they're tired of they're tired of the politics as usual, and uh, a lot of Bernie Sanders supporters as well. Um, but Young jerks was definitely uh, a big participant, I'd say.
0: And uh, before I let you go, uh, Jordan Cheriton, uh, I don't know if you've spoken to uh, to Jenk about this specifically, but are there? Are there ethical lines uh, that you see that, uh, that that he is crossing between advocate and journalist w- with something like this, or or has the situation just gotten uh, to the point that things are so bad that this is what's uh, this is what's called for?
2: Yeah, no, I don't, I don't really, uh, I don't really think so. I think that Jenk uh, would never portray himself as you know a nightly newscast anchor or a journalist.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: he's uh, definitely a commentator. His, uh, he wears his beliefs and his opinions on his sleeve. So, uh, you know, if the, if the media pundits want to talk about ethical lines, they could do that. But, you know, frankly, I think journalism, if you want, you know, journalism with a capital J is really just about, you know, uh, being on the side of the truth and the facts. And uh, I think the truth and the facts speak to themselves. You know, we know what uh, we know what kind of money uh, politicians are taking in. And then we know what kind of legislation they're giving to the people. So those are the facts. I don't think Cenk is very worried about, you know, whether it makes him look like he's more of a, you know, advocate. I mm-hmm. think he wants to be. If this is what he's advocating for, he'd be happy to, uh, you know, be labeled that.
0: And and how many, you said there was a few hundred that were arrested. How many would you say, uh, Jordan, were actually there and protesting overall who, you know, the folks who weren't arrested?
2: Yeah, I don't have the final count, but it was definitely like from the march from D.C.'s Union Station all the way to the Capitol. Had to be a, a, at least uh, a thousand or two people marching, I would guess, no. uh, because there was on on our side. You know, there were two sides: the arrest side and then the non-arrest side. Mm-hmm. On the non-arrest on a non the non-arrest side was a couple hundred people, and on the uh, arrest side was uh, a couple hundred too. So.
0: Gotcha. Uh, Thanks, uh, Jordan Sheridan. Really appreciate it. Uh, uh, Stay out of jail if you can. Jordan Sheridan, political reporter for The Young Turks. Uh, And uh, we we may be in touch as the week goes on and as uh, the situation continues to develop out there in our nation's capital. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks. You bet. Okay, joining us now for another take, also from the nation's capitals, Cassandra Fairbanks, who's covering the, uh, the Democracy Spring protests out there uh, for Sputnik News. Hey, Cassandra, welcome back to the broadcast. Hey,
4: thanks uh,
0: for having me. Uh, sure, uh, thank you. Uh, now, were, were you there? We, we just spoke with uh, Jordan Cheriton uh, from the Young Turks. Uh, you, you were there when uh, our friend Jank and all of the others were uh, arrested over the past, what, hour or two?
4: No, the arrest has been going on since about 1 o'clock. Mm-hmm. i has been there for all of them. Um, they, they're they saying there was at least 400 people arrested, and it was through over the course of, like, several hours. And, but um, yeah. he just got arrested the last, okay. yeah.
0: And uh, four hundred, four hundred people arrested. I guess they expected this was going to happen. What What is your take on what the folks are calling for out there at these demonstrations? And above and beyond the number of those uh, arrested there today, how how many uh, uh, demonstrators would you say, from from your estimate, were were also there uh, protesting?
4: Um, well, I'm not even sure how many people were. Mm-hmm. Protesting, there was it was separated. There was a police line for people who didn't want to get arrested. That was about a block away. Um, We could see them, but I couldn't see how many, how far it went Mm -hmm. behind them. So there was probably several, several hundred there, and then there were, you know, several hundred who got arrested. It it was quite a big crowd. Um, I think that their demands are fair. Um, It was nonpartisan. money out
0: of politics well that's what i was going to say Uh, what are their specific demands as you as you understand them from the uh from the folks that you're talking to out there
4: uh they want to end citizens united get money out of politics one person one vote essentially um there were a lot of chants against um Mm superdelegates a lot of people wearing bernie sanders (laughs) ear.
0: okay Um, so so they, so they were against super delegates of course that's done by the Democratic Party that a private party and the way they organize their own delegates I, I guess is up to them but uh, was this only uh, as far as you could tell was this uh, predominantly Bernie Sanders supporters or are there uh, uh, Hillary Clinton supporters are there Republicans out there is this a I
4: highly doubt there were Hillary Clinton supporters in this crowd. <laughs> Republicans possibly especially of the you know Trump crowd mm-hmm Definitely would not. I would assume that there were not Hillary Clinton supporters, though she's kind of the the face of big money politics.
0: Do you have any sense, Cassandra Fairbanks, where this goes from here? I know they're gonna they're they're planning to stay out there for about you know for the next week. Will we see a similar scene day after day, or are there different events? And uh, any sense of that from organizers?
4: There are different events planned throughout the week, uh-huh. but um, I'm hearing talk of um, another round of sit-ins tomorrow,
0: Mm
4: -hmm. Uh, some friends of mine are going to be participating who usually would not actually protest, so I was a little shocked.
0: Well, you bring up a, yeah. a actually a, a good point that I had uh, spoken with Jordan Cheriton about is uh, the ethical line between uh, journalism and activism. And you actually mentioned, I believe, earlier on your uh, uh, on Twitter, on your uh, coverage there, that you were having a difficult time remaining in your role as a journalist, as observer. And was actually thinking about joining those uh, joining those folks who were arrested for this cause.
4: Yeah, well, when I when it first started, they the police started pushing all the press out. So naturally, I got mad because freedom of press, right. um, and I'm credentialed at the Capitol. So mm-hmm. I mean, I have credentials specifically for that place, and um, they were saying that I couldn't be in there if I went in, I was going to get arrested. So I called my editor, and I was like, "Listen, I'm, I'm going in. I'm going to get arrested." Um, They're not letting press in, and somebody has to document this, so I'm going in, and then as the day progressed, well, actually, eventually the police, once I started yelling and screaming, (laughs) he was like, okay, listen, we're going to let people in who have congressional credentials, but you have to stay on this tiny little square way over here. And people were being arrested on the opposite side, uh-huh. so I couldn't really see them. I was having trouble filming, um, and, and and I just got into it. I mean, everything that they were saying, I agree with. Well, so,
0: well, do, you, um, so, do I was
4: pretty tempted.
0: Well, do I understand? <laughs> do I understand you uh, correctly, Cassandra? That they were keeping the press away from where people were being arrested, so you could not see those arrests going on.
4: Yeah. Well. I mean, you could see them just not very clearly. We were being kept all the way across the Capitol on the other side. Like, if you're facing the building, yeah. people were being arrested on the left side of the building and press was being penned on the right side of the building. And so it was very difficult to get good shots because I didn't even have my. Good camera with
0: me. Well, um, what, what what are the chances of uh, Jordan says that everybody was very peaceful? There was no violence whatsoever. Can can none you none at all? None at all, and yeah, no. And so, what was the purpose? Do you have any idea why they would want to keep the media so far away from the actual ongoing arrests? Did they give you I any explanation? I
4: have no idea, but they wouldn't like. The other, the huge problem that I see with this is it, they only let in about 10 journalists and, and members of the press because the only people who were allowed in were people who had congressional credentials, mm-hmm. which, you know, you have to live within 25 miles of D.C. A lot of, like, citizen journalists, live streamers, mm-hmm. um, they, they don't have those credentials, but they do do press. And so they weren't able to even get where we were. Well, I mean, they were... Up by the street.
0: Are, well, are you saying that it, were the arrests inside the Capitol building or outside on, on the stairs? They
4: were, they were outside on the steps, but they moved people all the way back to the street, which, if you know how the Capitol yeah. set up, it's very far. And they had a double police line I see. in between those people and the Capitol.
0: I see. So you were only yeah. able to get into the perimeter. Uh, you were one of the group that was able to get into the perimeter because of your uh, uh, your congressional uh, uh, credentials there, your Capitol con- right. uh, credentials.
4: And, but then a live streamer, very well-known live streamer, Rebo- Revolutionary Z, um, mm-hmm. he streamed in Ferguson, Baltimore, all over the place, very well-known. Um, the cops kept threatening to arrest him, and I, and I saw a police officer pointed at him and say, we got to get that one. Because he defied them and came in and did his job as press.
0: Was he arrested, ultimately?
4: No. Ultimately, they let him um, come over to the area where I was. All right. But it was only, like, you know, a very small, tiny little area. We weren't allowed to step off the curb.
0: Are you planning it was to... It
4: frustrating.
0: Uh, I, I would... Uh, yeah, I would guess so. Are you planning to uh, cover all week out there, uh, Cassandra? Uh,
4: hopefully. That depends on, you know, how... What, how
0: much Sputnik wants to cover it, I guess. I gotcha. All right. Well, I appreciate that, uh, Cassandra. Uh, stay out of jail yourself, and uh, we'll we'll, we'll, t- we'll be in touch <laughs> with you throughout the week as this, uh, as this all moves forward. Appreciate you checking in with us today, Cassandra. Okay, no
4: problem. Thank
0: you. Thank you. That's Cassandra Fairbanks from Sputnik News. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be back with more broadcast right after this. I'm Brad Friedman. Stay tuned. <laughs> Hey, this is Brad. The 2016 election season is now at full throttle here at the Bradcast and Bradblog.com. We fight for election integrity all year round, like no other media outlet in the nation. But we need your support to keep doing so now more than ever. Please stop by Bradblog.com donate to make a monthly pledge of any amount you like to help keep us going or even just a one time only contribution Power to the people! Power to the people! Power to the people! Power to the people! Yep. Power Welcome back to the, the broadcast Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com with you here. We will keep our eyes on those protests as they uh, move forward today and throughout the week in Washington, D.C. In the meantime, some breaking news also uh, not long before we went on air today. Very busy day, as I said. Goldman Sachs has agreed to pay five billion dollars to settle uh, the uh, risky mortgages, as uh, AP describes it, the the uh, risky mortgages that they invested in, that they bet on that helped lead the, uh, the the nation and the globe, frankly, to economic disaster. Back in uh, 2007. So, okay, what happened here? Well, Goldman Sachs is now going to pay, according to AP. Let's see, the Justice Department announced a five billion dollar settlement with Goldman Sachs over the sale of mortgage backed securities leading up to the 2008 financial crisis. The deal resolves state and federal probes into the sale of shoddy mortgages before the housing bubble and economic meltdown requires Goldman Sachs uh, the bank to pay $2.4 billion in civil penalties and an additional $1.8 billion in relief to underwater homeowners and distressed borrowers, along with $875 million in other claims. This agreement is the latest multi-billion dollar civil settlement reached with a major bank. Other banks that have settled over the past two years include Bank of America, Citigroup, and JP Morgan Chase and Company. And unlike those 400 people who were arrested over the past few hours in Washington, D.C., none of these bankers are going to jail, even for a minute. None of them are getting zip ties. None of them are getting uh, handcuffed and being sent away, even for a minute, much less overnight. All they got to do is, is pay their money, and, uh, you know, it's, it's the cost of doing business. So they made enormous profits— Then they got bailed out by the U.S. government when their risky bets with investors' uh, money tanked the global economy, resulted in millions of Americans uh, and other people around the globe losing their homes through no fault of their own. In other words, these banks, like Goldman Sachs, uh, they made the profits. We socialized their losses in what they still pretend is a free market. It's a free market. Of course. It's, It's a free market, except, you know, when we lose everything, the government will come in and bail us out. Other than that, totally free market.
1: And it's the invisible hand, the invisible hand, I would say, of the taxpayer bailing them out whenever they take these risky bets that threaten the entire global economy.
0: And now they promise... That, but they're going to pay a large fine, so they're, they're, everything's fine. Uh, it's a large fine, which, by the way, they will be able to write off on their uh, tax return, most likely, you know, as an expense, just the cost of doing business. The ordinary
1: saw. cost of doing business. BP the, they got the, the BP, same yeah. deal in the uh, BP oil BP oil spill litigation.
0: That's right, and their settlement, billions of dollars, it's, just, it's just a tax write-off. So it's a, you know what, no one goes to jail. Win-win for everyone. But God forbid, you know, don't don't sit on the U.S. Capitol steps when the police ask you to leave. You'll go to jail for that. So you know, yeah, it's it's a win-win for the banks, uh, for everybody, I guess, except for we the people. Uh, you know, the rich pay no real costs for their crimes, frankly, versus the poor who still do, who still serve time in jail and have their lives destroyed for the pettiest of crimes. I guess in capitalist America, some crimes are more forgivable than others. So in the the case of Goldman Sachs and these other banks, slap on the wrist, accomplished. Congratulations, boys. Uh, all of which helps to explain, I guess, the latest uh, state of our presidential nominating contests uh, and, and of certainly these protests out there in D.C. today. Um where you've got candidates on both political parties, frankly, continuing to enjoy the support from Americans who are furious about this kind of treatment of wealthy oligarchs. On the Democratic side, Bernie Sanders' campaign continues to enjoy success in no small part based on his promise of taking on the banking system, millionaires and billionaires. On the Republican side, the promises of uh, of both of the leading candidates pretending that they are also mad about that uh, treatment for rich people, uh, even as they the folks on the Republican side continue to support both fiscal and legal policies that continue to let those very same millionaires and billionaires they pretend to be upset about, it lets them off the hook, and it even grants them more leeway to enrich themselves at the expense of the, of the poor and disappearing middle class uh, so to that end, there were a couple of presidential nomination contests over the weekend, I'm going to get to uh, some information on that in a moment but as to the actual free market I want to make sure we get this in the actual free market that GOPers uh, pretend to believe in. On Friday, we told you uh, Bruce Springsteen had announced that he he'd canceled a, a concert coming up in North Carolina due to that state's enactment of a bill that allows for blatant discrimination against the. Uh, Lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans community, the LBGT community, just days after the that happened just days after North Carolina's Republican governor, Pat McCrory, signed a bill allowing discrimination in North Carolina against the LGBT community and all of the individuals in it and indeed banning local communities from instituting anti-discrimination laws. So that was the Republican governor. And a few days later, uh, Mississippi's Republican governor, Phil Bryant, signed a similar bill. So uh, Bruce Springsteen said he was not going to he's going to cancel that concert, uh, cannot appear in good conscience in North Carolina, given what that state legislature and that state governor is, is doing. And now today, Canadian rock star Brian Adams announced that he, too, was canceling a scheduled uh, concert, this one in Mississippi, due to that state's new law allowing businesses to deny services to LGBT individuals. Uh, Brian Adams uh, said in his statement, quote, I cannot in good conscience perform in a state where certain people are being denied their civil rights due to their sexual orientation. He said, using my voice, I stand in solidarity with all my LGBT friends, to repeal this extremely discriminatory bill. Hopefully Mississippi will write itself and I can come back and perform for all of my fans. I look forward to that day, says uh, Brian Adams. So there's your actual free market right there. And I, frankly, I hope it continues. I hope it continues to cost Republicans in those states dearly. Next free market stop, the ballot box. Uh, to that end, as mentioned, there were a couple of presidential nominating contests over the weekend. Uh, let's go with the the Democrats first. Desi he What do you well, say? Well, sure. Why right, not? Why not? We usually go with the Republicans first. So let's put the Democrats first here. Uh, up in Wyoming, the Democrats held their uh, their caucuses, their presidential. Selection presidential preference caucuses over the weekend. Sanders was the uh, was the winner of that. Bernie Sanders was the winner of those uh, caucuses, at least when it came to the vote uh, to the vote percentages. Sanders uh, won fifty five point seven percent to Hillary Clinton's forty four point three percent. It was a twelve point win. However, because of the way they apportioned delegates up there in Wyoming. Uh, the delegate pickup for Bernie Sanders was essentially zero. Both Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton won uh, seven delegates apiece. Now, there was a lot of noise, a lot of concern from uh, from Bernie Sanders supporters over the weekend because apparently the turnout for Bernie Sanders at the actual caucuses around the state was much, much larger than uh, than Hillary Clinton's. And uh, well, here's just one commenter. I believe this was from uh, Facebook said uh, just got back from the Casper Caucus. First impressions, Bernie voters outnumbered Hillary voters by nearly 10 to 1. Bernie San, uh, Bernie, Bernie's side of the auditorium dwarfed Hillary's side. And I've seen uh, photos that, that sort of back this up. Uh, we were told just before voting started that Hillary had just under 300 early votes to just under 100 for Bernie. Those totals, plus voters at the caucuses, were announced as 977 total. End result, 18 delegates for Bernie and 24 Hillary at this particular caucus. This person says, what I can say is this. Bernie supporters were shocked, surprised, and angry at the results. So what appears to have happened is a lot of Bernie uh, Sanders supporters showed up for these caucuses and then they came in with a whole bunch of what are called uh, surrogate ballots. These are essentially vote-by-mail that you're allowed to do when it comes to caucuses, at least in certain state. Uh, with, uh, the, the It's different from for every state, state-by-state. State. Uh, but if you are unable to make it to the caucuses for any reason, for health, etc., uh, up in Wyoming you are allowed to, uh, to send in, essentially, a, a vote-by-mail, uh, a surrogate ballot. Now, uh, the only reason you're supposed to be able to send in a surrogate ballot is for either religious observance, military service, disability, illness, work schedule, <clears throat> or if you are a student... Studying abroad now, a lot of people were (laughs) very concerned about this, and justifiably so. There's a good reason to be concerned. There's a good reason when it comes to caucuses. uh, I kind of like them because you can actually see what the hell is going on. In this case, what you could see was these vote by mail, vote by mail ballots being brought in, tons of them, for Hillary Clinton. Now, CNN reports uh, that a Clinton campaign had said their, quote, secret sauce in Wyoming was the state's onerous vote by mail rules that required anyone voting by mail to have voted as a Democrat in the 2014 midterms. Now, I have been unable to find uh, that rule specifically online uh, anywhere, so I tried to contact the Wyoming Democratic Party. Uh, About these concerns and I've sort of been playing phone tag today with the executive director of the Wyoming Democratic Party. She had responded in email that it's a bit more complex than that soundbite from uh, that CNN had and that she would love to explain it in detail. So I will look forward to doing that uh, with uh, with Amy Van Cleve, the executive director of the Wyoming Democratic Party. But I can tell you that I know that the uh, the Clinton campaign has been very aggressive when it comes to these surrogate votes, these surrogate ballots in, uh, in the caucus states. I know that they were very aggressive with this in Washington state, so it would not surprise me if they were equally aggressive when it came to the state of Wyoming. At the same time, while I know Bernie Sanders uh, supporters are quite concerned about it, Uh, There are ways to go about finding out if these votes, if you if you question their legitimacy, for example, these uh, these ballots, these surrogate ballots ought to be uh, open to the public as the way, uh, you know, these caucuses essentially are. So you could make a public records request of some uh, some format with the Democratic Party up there in Wyoming and find out uh, who these people were who cast these vote by mail ballots and try to find out if you like, uh, if in fact, Uh, they appropriately voted via mail if there was an appropriate reason for them not to be able to show up to the caucus or if they even know about it and if they know about a vote by mail being cast in their uh, in their behalf. Now, as of now, there is no evidence that there is foul play here. You know, I heard a lot of people say, oh, Hillary Clinton and her shenanigans again. Look, I've had to say it before on this program. Nobody follows this stuff uh, or is more concerned about this stuff than me. I've been covering election fraud, voter fraud, everything else for more than a decade. And uh, believe me. If I had evidence that things had gone sideways, I would be delighted to break that story at Bradblog.com and here on the broadcast. And if I do find such evidence, I will put that forward. But to go out there and yell and scream that Hillary is stealing the election, that uh, the DNC is rigging it for Hillary without actually having em- evidence to back that up. I think that's irresponsible. And frankly, it makes it more difficult for people to take you seriously when we do find Evidence of malfeasance, evidence of uh, uh, manipulation, and so forth. Uh, So, you know, to those Sanders supporters complaining, uh, you know, there are reasons why there could be uh, surrogate votes for Hillary, and a lot of them. And you know, please, I I I ask you, go investigate. Go find out. Go talk to the uh, Wyoming Democratic Party and and get information on those votes and see if they have concerns and see if they will show you who voted and do a sampling. Take some affidavits. Make sure that all of these, uh, these ballots were cast correctly. Lest you begin to sound like folks uh, from the Republican Party, supporters of Donald Trump and Ted Cruz. So, uh, well, I will explain here. Um, I mean, and by the way, actually, there was one one point that I wanted to get to uh, moving back to Wyoming for one quick second. Uh, Jeff Winchell, who is a who runs a data science blog called Politics with Soul, he reported that 71 percent of Hillary's votes in the state's four biggest Democratic counties and four smaller counties were mail in 71 percent. That is that is a big percentage. And so, you know, there are reasons to be concerned. I just wanted to point that out. There are reasons to be concerned. But until you actually have the evidence that something went wrong, that somebody is stealing something or rigging something, I don't know. Consider me unimpressed with the claims that uh, it is being rigged. Okay, moving back now to the Republican side in Colorado, there was a a Republican state uh, delegate conventions were held across the state in a whole bunch of counties over the weekend. Ted Cruz won all 34 available delegates over the weekend.
1: Ted Cruz won all of Colorado's Republican delegates. All of them. Wow. Uh,
0: Donald Trump won zero. John Kasich, 1-0. Cruz completely shut them out. Cruz had the ground game in this case. Uh, Just the way it can be argued that Hillary Clinton had the ground game, at least when it came to surrogate votes up there in, in Wyoming. CNN reported it this way in Colorado. In yet another sign of his airtight ground game, Ted Cruz spoke before a huge screen displaying his slate of delegates for the final 13 spots of the 34 that they were selecting in total. And he noted that his slate was also printed on the bright orange T-shirts that his many volunteers were wearing on the state convention floor. Trump's campaign... By Contra, And mind you, there was for these last 13 spots, there was some 600 candidates who were allowed to give speeches that were 10 seconds long each. Oh, I'm no. not kidding. Yeah,
1: that's terrible.
0: So, you know, the way they did, the way uh, the Cruz campaign, uh, what they came up with was let's print bright on sh- bright orange shirts and put our delegates, the delegates that we support that you can vote for onto these shirts so everyone can see them on the convention floor when you go to vote. So Trump's campaign, by contrast, initially distributed flyers listing the campaign's national delegate candidates that were riddled with errors. This was the list that Trump put out to ask his people to vote for errors all over the place. The flyer displaying the Trump slate is supposed to be the tip sheet that party members use to fill out their ballot. But on the first slate that the Trump campaign was giving out, uh, more than a half dozen of their delegate candidates were listed with the wrong delegate number. Some of the delegate numbers corresponded to delegates that were supporting Ted Cruz. Oh
1: dear! Oops, that doesn't bode well for his ability to uh, to organize that, to, to organize anything to
0: be president of the United States. The Trump campaign reprinted the flyer, but the second flyer also included several errors. Oh, no. He's making these conventions great again. Uh, An advisor to the Trump campaign said that the team had been given incomplete information by the Colorado Republican Party about delegate numbers. So he blames the Colorado Republican Party for their shenanigans. It was unclear how much confusion that uh, caused when uh, uh, votes were then cast. But the Trump campaign acknowledged that it did not expect to win any delegates in Colorado. And it did not. So in that sense, Trump succeeded. Uh, he still, however, maintains a wide lead over Ted Cruz in the delegate count. As both uh, Ted Cruz and Donald Trump continue to attempt to win the 1,237 delegates needed to clinch the Republican nomination. But, says CNN, at a time when a contested convention looks increasingly likely, oh, you think, there was palpable disdain. For Trump's candidacy amongst the GOP faithful in Colorado, his string of unforced errors, nasty tweets and controversial policy statements in recent weeks have clearly taken a toll, reports uh, CNN. In the meantime, uh, a guy on uh, Twitter, uh, a Trump supporter who goes by the name of, uh, what is this, Uh, DJ Lewis is his name, uh, or Umpire43. Looks like he's a 22-year Navy vet. He now lives in Florida. He tweeted out a link to to a Bradblog.com story over the weekend to uh, Trump supporters that got a lot of attention, a lot of retweets. So... Thanks for that, Umpire43. Uh, Here was the first tweet uh, from the ump. He said, uh, Here is Utah. All, and I mean every one of their 110 Diebold machines had trouble and had to be fixed. He followed that up with uh, saying, All Diebold touchscreen voting systems fail on Election Day at 110 polls across Utah County, Utah. And that, in fact, is the headline from uh, from one of my stories at bradblog.com. And it's a short story. So I'll just uh, read it to you very quickly. Well, I said, uh, well, I wrote, well, it's a good thing last Tuesday wasn't a presidential election with really huge crowds of voters in Utah County, Utah. As polls opened at 7 a.m., digitally encoded cards used by voters to begin the voting process on the states oft failed, easily manipulated 100 percent. 100% 100% unverifiable debold AccuVote touchscreen voting systems didn't work at all at 110 polling locations across the county. A programming error was blamed. Voters were forced to wait in line for up to an hour while technicians struggled to figure out how to correct the failure. Many voters simply gave up, walking away and becoming disenfranchised in the bargain when they couldn't hang around to wait that long to vote on a workday. Sound familiar? As usual, the widespread failure countywide in this case. Was marginalized by the media as little more than a glitch, of course, had the county used paper ballots, nobody would have been disenfranchised or had to wait online for an hour to cast their vote. Voters across the entire state are now forced to vote on the Diebold touchscreen systems on Election Day. So you get uh, uh, you get the idea. Uh, things didn't go well in Utah County, Utah, and, of course, the uh, Donald Trump uh, supporters are furious about it. They believe that, once again, it's the Republican Party. Actually, they believe it's Lion Ted. Lion Ted.
1: Personally went there Lion and Ted messed Cruz up the machines. Is,
0: yeah. Well, here's the bigger problem. Um, that story that I wrote that was quoted was from November 5, 2010. <laughs> So I'm pretty sure Ted Cruz didn't have anything to do with it. And it had absolutely nothing to do, of course, uh, with how the the, the, there there was there was no uh, primary actually in Utah this year. They had a they had caucuses instead, as I recall, for the Republicans. Uh, One of them, by the way, they did was uh, via Internet voting. So if you Republicans are worried about the 100 percent unverifiable touchscreens, You should be even more worried about the fact that your party, at least in Utah, wants to go to a thousand percent unverifiable uh, Internet uh, elections. And they did, in fact, do that for their caucuses a few weeks back. But in any event, uh, of course, when I tried to point this out, um, that uh, I I was accused of being a, a cruise stooge. I was a Cruz bot by pointing out that, uh, yeah, I don't think this is evidence. There may, you know, Ted Cruz, he might be out there stealing the election. Republicans might be out there stealing the election. Gaming the machine. They could be. Uh, but but the, a
1: story from 2010 it, when neither Cruz nor Trump were running is probably not the uh, supporting evidence they're looking ex- for. Not
0: the best evidence. Yes. So when I, you know, when I yell and scream uh, at Bernie Sanders supporters to, hey, just because you're suspicious, just because you're concerned and in elections, you are supposed to be suspicious, you are supposed to be concerned. uh, But just because you have those suspicions doesn't mean the bad guys, whoever you would like to believe are the bad guys, uh, have actually stolen the election. Go out and find the evidence. My concern is that when we make the evidence impossible to find, in fact, if you look at these deep old machines from 2010 that failed, not only did it disenfranchise voters, but even had they worked, there is no evidence to support that any vote ever cast on any touchscreen voting machine like this has ever been recorded accurately for any voter. It is 100 percent faith based voting. And uh, folks who have listened to this show for years, uh, have read Bradblog.com for years, know know that I have been trying to make that case, trying to say that, yes, this is why you don't want uh, an election system like this, because people are supposed to be suspicious. They're supposed to be able to oversee their own public elections. In order to make sure that, uh, that Ted Cruz, Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, Bernie Sanders, whoever, the, the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, to make sure that they are not stealing it. And the only way you can do that is if you can oversee it and you can go back after an election and look at the ballots, the hand marked paper ballots, and know that there was a secure chain of custody and that those ballots actually reflect the will of the voter. So. Keep being suspicious. Keep being paranoid. Just please, please, please let's find some actual evidence to support the concerns. And by evidence, I don't mean six year old stories uh, from Bradblog.com that have nothing to do with this election. A quick break and we're back with more Bradcast right after this. I'm Brad Friedman. Stay tuned. <laughs> Boston for the springtime Welcome back to the broadcast I'm staying Brad here Friedman from Bradblog.com. Uh, the Boston Globe did something absolutely brilliant over the week and I, I would say it's absolutely brilliant journalism. They released a uh, a front page from the Boston Globe uh, dated Sunday April 9 2017. With the headline, huge headline, Deportations to Begin. President Trump calls for tripling of ice force riots continue. Picture of Donald Trump uh, standing in in the White House, what looks to be the White House, says live now, President addresses the nation, breaking news, Trump deport illegals, quote, so fast your head will spin. Curfews extended in multiple cities, uh, due to riots over Donald Trump's deportation, I should say, due to President Trump's uh, deportations. It, what they did was they put out a, a front page, a fake front page, a future. Yeah, one alternative future. Yeah, and it's it's kind of brilliant. I mean, it's it's somewhat onion-like except that it wasn't a joke here. It's saying that and here's how they described it in their editors' note. They said, "This is Donald Trump's America. What you read on this page is what might happen if the GOP frontrunner can put his ideas into practice, his words into action." Many Americans might find this vision appealing, but the Globe's editorial board finds it deeply Troubling. Other uh, other headlines on this uh, Boston Globe front page from April 9, 2017. Markets sink as trade war looms. And they've actually written all of these stories and laid it out like the paper. Uh, U.S. soldiers refuse orders to kill ISIS families. Wow. New libel law targets, quote, absolute scum in press. Legislation could supplant state laws. Uh, it it was really quite brilliant and and also kind of uh, humorous if you looked uh, down at the bottom there were some smaller I- items Trump on Nobel Prize shortlist
1: <laughs> okay uh,
0: Inside uh, the paper they promised NASA engineers halted the launch of an un- unmanned probe amid fears that its new gold leaf trim would interfere with radio communications. <laughs>
1: Gold leaf trim, I guess, being a reference to Trump wanting yes. it to be the best satellite ever. Yes, yeah. So,
0: yeah, so that part— The most part, beautiful satellite. That, that part was, was sort of onion-ish, but uh, heavy spring snow closed Trump National Park for the first time since it dropped its loser name, Yellowstone, in January.
1: <laughs> so they had some fun with it, they but had some they fun. turned the whole front page yeah. into an editorial, essentially.
0: Well, it, and— a, it, and I don't know that this was their actual front. I believe they released this as a PDF, and oh, they I had a, yeah, they had a, a, a an editorial along explaining why they were doing this to give you a sense of what they think that uh, their paper w- will look like one year from now, essentially uh, when Donald Trump becomes president. And make no mistake he will become president.
1: Oh, I think you're, hopefully I think you're wrong <laughs> about <I> that. Am I wrong? <laughs> okay,
0: I think I am wrong, too. Actually, I hope I am wrong, too. But we will find out. Uh, but I, I think this was actually quite brilliant, even though it was, um, like I said, sort of onion-esque uh, in, in its approach. I think for an actual legitimate newspaper to do this, I think is very smart journalism from a uh, mainstream corporate media outlet and how often do you hear me saying that?
1: Uh, not very often.
0: Uh, Desi Doyen, our producer, I want to thank you very much. Uh, thanks to our booking goddess, Cynthia Cohn. And thanks to my guest today, Jordan Cheriton of the Young Turks and Cassandra Fairbanks of Sputnik News. If you missed any portion of today's program, you can download it, like always, from bradblog.com. It is free. Uh, or you can go on over to iTunes and you can subscribe for free over there. And we hope you will leave us a good review. When you do, make it a little bit easier for everyone else in the world uh, to find the broadcast as well and to spread the good news uh, or the bad news or the disturbing news. Take well, your pick. However At he, least
1: until President Trump takes over everything and how, changes it all. Yeah, That's
0: exactly right. However, you regard the news. Uh, you can also reach me anytime via the Twitters. Uh, and, you know, feel free to send me links to uh, stories that I've written four years ago. I'm always happy to see them again. <laughs> I am the Brad Blog at both Twitter and at Facebook, and you can email me as well. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. All right, I think we're good. Is that it? That's it. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Everybody.